Welcome back, folks. It's the height of summertime now, and we just got over a heat wave. The birds are singing as if in recovery. And we are at peak blueberry season, looking forward to the wild rice scouting and through that into the winter with huge larders of what looks to be banner years for apples and oak acorns. I'm sitting with Paul, one of our graduates from the first semester, the spring semester of our apprenticeship program. And I had asked Paul um, to help me with a conundrum. How do I, in the woods, reach out to people who are ensconced in our modern world, in that all-encompassing virtual reality that I, I can sense it has deep waters, um, but I also notice that when I or anyone I know are engaged in those devices, they're not fully present and there's a sacrifice I'm not willing to make. And as a result, I don't speak that language. So I asked Paul for Paul's help in all of this. And I've been thinking, Paul, um, and as we're hashing these things out, if you were to choose um, some of the more popular internet pastimes, what would be the ones that you see in today's world? What on the landscape is really drawing people away from the natural and real world and into that cyber reality? Well, from what I'm, I've observed, I'd say social media, online competitive gaming, phone gaming like Pokemon Go, and streaming movies and TV like Netflix. Okay. And, you know, when I'm in the woods, even if I'm in a bad mood and I get out of the car and I just go into the, hit the trails, it doesn't take more than 20 to 25 minutes for me to just unwind. I get, I get stuff out of the woods. I get bird song. I see tracks. There's all of these interesting... The beauty alone just pulls me out of my own headspace and gives me rewards. Um, what does social media provide for people? Well, people use social media to attempt to remain in connection to friends and acquaintances. Uh, it can get addictive, though. The dopamine boosts you get from likes for the memes you share can be addicting, and you can get stuck in the rut of routine, and I'm speaking from experience. Okay. Um, but does social media use complement real life in any way? I'd say so, yeah. Social media can be used constructively. And it'll actively make your real-world interactions more meaningful. You can join groups on social media or follow pages and learn from knowledgeable people about a massive range of subjects, including but not limited to plant medicine and off-grid survival. And that can carry over into the real-world into real-world friendships. Uh, it's good to strike a balance with social media use and actually getting out there and connecting with people. I use social media and Google to learn about cool events to sign up for, and that's how I found out about Maine Primitive Skills School. Nice. And, you know, that's the catalyst is making that jump from virtual to actual uh, and finding, I think, and you know, I'm, I'm very biased here with my nature goggles always strapped on mm -hmm. tight, um, that the real and natural world has much more meaningful and more authentic exchanges to be had. Uh, but then there are other things that just seem to, I mean, draw people in. I get drawn in. My kids are into Netflix, for instance. Yeah. You know, and I'm thinking, why why are these movies and these shows so popular? And what do they provide in in place of the oral tradition? How can I tap into those storylines to help share the more ancient storyline of our ancestors? This again, this is purely opinion, but they provide a temporary reprieve, I think, from the rut of routine and they can show us realities of other people and that builds empathy, or they show us lives that are largely more interesting than our own. The caveat is, again, with imbalance, too much Netflix becomes a long-term distraction from the three categories of problems in life that you taught me, Mike, blockages, imbalances, and lack. 
and too much Netflix can be a meager substitute for actually experiencing life to its fullest. Do you think everybody gets into that headspace of super saturation? I've been watching this blinking box of lights for too long, and they, they need to get out. And I'm asking that because I'm trying to figure out if, if there's people watching shows that bring them through a hero's journey, much like if you were to walk out in the woods and, and just look for salamanders, for instance. That's as simple a hero's journey as you can get, but it's yep. right there in people's backyards mm -hmm. or across the street. Um, I guess I'm asking, how can people live a life closer to what they see in the media? Well, for me, uh, it began with some creative Googling for workshops and experiences based on books that I've read and movies that I've watched and all the thousands of hours of media I've consumed in my life to this point. I uh, read Emergency, which is a book by Neil Strauss, and in that book, the author spends a week at Tom Brown's Tracker School, and he has this pathetically funny but transformative experience there. So I searched for local schools influenced by Tom Brown, and Maine Primitive Skills was at the top of the list. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Uh, so once I started doing more things I was interested in, I found other interesting events to go to and people to meet, and life never gets boring because I can always be proactive and find something to do or something to learn. And uh, this can also be a form... This can also uh, be a form of distraction from life problems when taken to an extreme. So it's important to dedicate time to deeper soul searching to balance it out. Balance, again, is key. Yeah, I like that term. I mean, in fact, balance is, to me, balance is an indicator of health. That's the baseline is balance. But it's hard. It's hard when people are sucked into the machines. I, I played a game, oh man, it must have been eight, nine years ago, where there's a big screen TV and there's all of these players all on the same landscape interacting. And I thought maybe a few hours had gone by and it was almost a day and a half. It was just unbelievable how it sucked me into that, that realm. So I can't even argue that in nature at least all of your senses are plugged in mm -hmm. because your mind just dictates where all of your attention goes and you can get immersed in those things. So you know, online gaming, I guess, is the biggest aha moment for me as to how sticky and, and seductive and immersive the virtual world can be and how you can lose not just a day and a half of your life, but your, the entirety of your existence could be consumed by these sort of engaging uh, video games. I was wondering, do you see anything that competitive video games provide? I do, yeah. I mean, I think esports and live streaming games are huge right now. And, uh, People compete in first-person shooters online at tournaments for big cash prizes, bragging rights, and for fun, and they're fast-paced and instantly rewarding. The downside comes with imbalance, again. If we're playing too many video games and not balancing with physical activity, we're becoming softer and squishier humans, and it's posing a major health risk. That makes sense. So if you're getting mold in the basement of your house and your feed bag of cheese curls is permanently affixed <laughs> to your orange-stained face... And you've lost all <laughs> contact with friends, family, and you can't hold a job because you're sucked into these things. It may be time to to turn it off. It's probably the hardest time to turn it off, though, isn't it? When you're fully in it. But yeah, yeah. Is there any way that the natural world can complement what these competitive games provide? Just trying to find an in, man. I I don't have any ideas. Yeah, well, I think for uh, for less than the price of a game console, you can take a five day scout course at Maine Primitive Skills School <laughs> and learn mo mobile survival, stealthy movement, and essentially the foundational skills of a forest ninja. It's totally badass. And put your woods ninja training to the test. Uh, you can play real life Minecraft by taking a wilderness skills course and learning to build your own survival shelter that will not only get you through the night but through several seasons, and learn to build fires without lighters or matches. 
But more than that, you learn the fundamentals of how to become a protector for people who can't protect themselves. Uh, also, it brings you right back to being a kid playing war and predator-prey games in your backyard. Uh, you can challenge yourself in a physical way that no video game can ever simulate. Mm, yeah. And then there's uh, Pokemon Go. Yeah, yeah, tell me about... All right, so my son, I dropped him off at college, and there were these people walking just like zombies with their heads buried in these machines, and they were walking in the middle of the road, parking lots, across uh, lawns, and I was like, what's going on here? And he said... They're playing Pokemon Go. It's one of the only places where it's a Pokemon Go, Mongo free zone where you can play without getting too concerned about getting hit by cars. <laughs> I mean, what is this? So, yeah, what is this Pokemon Go? What, what's this thing? So it's still widely popular. It peaked a couple years ago, but it's popular even with people well into their 50s. Uh, Pokemon's been an international phenomenon for 20 years now, but it got its start actually with a there's a little Japanese kid in the 1960s collecting and trading bugs in his backyard. Uh, Urban Sprawl pushed him indoors to arcades, and his passion changed to making video games, and that's how Pokemon was born. Okay, so there is a nature tie-in. Yes. yes! Yes. Okay, good. Now with Pokemon Go, players are encouraged to get out of the house and out into public to collect, trade, and battle monsters. Uh, if your phone has enough storage space, you could just also download an app like iNaturalist for your phone, which is like a real-life Pokedex. Pokedex is like the encyclopedia for the okay. in the game. Pokedex. Yeah. Got it. We're making our words now. We're just yes. creating new words. Just for making up words, yeah. Okay. And uh, while you're out playing the game, you could be snapping pictures of plants crawling up out of the cracks in the pavement, finding insects and wildlife, and uploading photos of them to be identified by other users in this app, which is crowdsourced. Or you can bring a field guide, which isn't battery-dependent. Uh, you can take a foraging course at Maine Primitive Skills <laughs> and learn about local wild edible medicinal plants uh, from dedicated instructors. Uh, the world is just as engaging as any video game, book, or movie if you feed your childlike curiosity instead of repressing it. All right, that gives me some ins because what I'm hearing is you're talking about foraging, which is our ancestral instinct to go out, interact with the landscape in a meaningful manner, and come back with either food, medicine, or utility for our people, and to do so in a way that increases the bounty of those plants and those animals, not in an irresponsible, you know, those are the most toys wins yeah. way. And I see these folks, they're, they're wandering the landscape with a machine in their hand, foraging for these characters, I guess. They're, they have special powers, and, and these plants have special powers. Some are good for headaches, some are good for asthma, Others we use for treating uh, bacterial infections, even serious ones like Lyme disease, and um, even antivirals are out there. They're growing all around us. So I could see where the parallels, if we start sharing with that kind of community in their own language, I guess, because uh, they're creating their own words, um, <laughs> that that bridge can be created. And, and, you know, again, I'm biased. I just seem to believe that nature has a bigger imprint on our genetic memory than the seductive virtues of this of this uh, cyber world that we're now immersed in and that a lot of the emptiness that i see on the landscape with people who are so ensconced in facebook and other social media outlets that they they're not very sociable they have friends on a list but very few friends they can count on in real life. And when you bring people out into the woods, it's almost the cure for that. Um, so thanks, man. Thanks for letting me pick your brain on this. 
Yeah, thank you for having me. This is awesome. And uh, I'm glad you went through the experience for the, of the apprenticeship. Would you recommend the apprenticeship to anybody in those audiences? 100%. 100%. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Take some classes first. You know, uh, dip your feet in. It's uh, it's intense, but it was it was an incredible experience. Well, thanks. And uh, for all of you out there in cyber world, look up. Which way is the wind coming from? How does that tell you where, where the weather is going to be in about a half an hour? Are you going to get stuck in the rain? Is there going to be a mosquito bloom suddenly? Can the cars coming up the hills see you? Because maybe the sun is at a low angle behind you, you and it's washing you out. Right? So every once in a while, gather information in the virtual as well as the actual world and see how that jives with each other. Get out there. Have fun. Change the world. And don't get caught. See you on the trail.